Hello, friends. Welcome to the Proverbs 31 Ministries podcast, where we share biblical truth for any girl in any season. I'm your host, Kaylee Olson, and I'm here with my co-host, Meredith Brock. Well, hey, Kaylee. Hi. How's it going, girl? It's great. Good. I'm excited to join you today on the podcast. We've got a great show in store for you and for our friends online, for yes. everybody. I can't wait for them to hear. But I want to know right now, Yes. Uh, what do you like the most about summer? <gasps> Ooh, I honestly, I like hot weather. Does that make me sound weird? Well, it's because you're from like the South. I am from Mississippi, but the thing, I just, I like not having to layer and layer and layer and be cold because being cold and having like cold feet and cold hands and a cold nose is the worst. We're totally different. We're completely opposite. Y'all, the colder, the better. I lived in Alaska for six years. I am perpetually in a state of being hot at the Proverbs 31 Ministries office. I wear a tank top every day to work because I know I will be hot. Um, So for those of you who would like a nice sauna to work in, come visit the Proverbs 31 (laughs) Ministries office because that's what it is. Uh, But... What I love yeah. about summer, you want to know what I love about summer? Thanks yes. for asking, Kaylee. Oh, you're welcome. Um, I love the swimming pool. I love going to the swimming pool. Seriously, it's so That's fun so to me. Fun. It's like my favorite thing. I look forward to it every year where I'm like, it's swimming pool weather. Finally, I love it. Yeah. Even though I, and I guess that's because I'm cold. Like when you're in the water, you're cold. Yeah. So there it is, yeah, folks. That's nice. I did buy a blowout swim pool last year. I bet. I, I put it I, in my backyard. I'm, I'm proud of you for doing that. It was it great. Sounds nice. It was great. Well, we're really going to transition now. That's into right. <laughs> welcoming our guests. And I'm very, very honored to get to welcome our guest today. It's my dear friend, Lynn Cowell. Welcome, Lynn. Hi. Well, it's great to have you on the show today. And for those of you who might not know Lynn, if you read our devotions, you know Lynn. Or if you've been to a speaking event, I'm sure you've seen Lynn. But she has been with the ministry for 11 years. So good job, Lynn. Long before we had great social media and the podcast and all the things, really. Like 11 years. That's a long time. Awesome. And I think she was actually a volunteer. This is a funny memory that I had. You were sitting at the front desk when I came in to interview for my job at Proverbs, and I think that's the first time that I met you. So, Lynn's an author, a speaker, and she's really fun, but I'd rather let her tell you a little bit about herself. So, Lynn, why don't you tell everyone? I'm so excited to be here today. So, as you said, I've been a part of Proverbs 31 for a long time, and I actually began as a data entry volunteer. Oh, that's amazing. All the glamour. Yes, yes. (laughs) Um, But today I write and I speak to tweens, teens, and women of all ages. Um, Me and my husband, Greg, who I've been married to for 32 years, but I've been crushing on him since I was 10. Um, We live just three miles from the office. Uh And um, it's just us now and the occasional backyard deer. Um, All three of our adult children live in three different states. But when we do get together, we love hiking, singing 80 songs, and anything combining chocolate and peanut butter. Yes, I love that. I love some chocolate and peanut butter. Well, Lynn, we are thrilled to have you here. I hear that your message today is about confidence. Mm -hmm. And so let's just jump right in. I can't wait to hear it. Go for it. Great. So today I'm pulling some content from a video teaching from my Bible study, Make Your Move, Finding Unshakable Confidence Mm. Despite Your Fears and Failures. Those words, unshakable confidence. Some days those two words feel like they couldn't possibly go together, at least not for someone as strapped to people-pleasing as I have been and not for this Mm. Enneagram 3. Not all that long ago, I stood stunned in a parking lot wondering what just happened. 
I was asking myself, were all those adjectives shouted at the top of her lungs true? In a rage of emotion, someone I dearly love and who loves me had just attacked me, my character, my motivations, and everything I live for. And as she stormed away, I stood on that pavement and my wounded heart wondered, is it true? And if it was, I couldn't go back into that party. I hate to admit it, but there have been times when there would have been no question what my next move would have been. I would have completely fallen apart, sure, that whatever she thought, whatever she said was definitely true. And yes, I've reacted this way many times from the 19 rejections to my first book, to a disagreement with one of my children, or simply when I've been misunderstood. But God and I have been doing a lot of work together leading up to this particular day. In fact, we've been working on this people-pleasing cycle for the majority of my lifetime. All too often, my confidence has spiked or crashed depending on the words and the actions of others toward me. The closer the relationship, the greater the potential impact. My volatile confidence couldn't be depended on because it was dependent on unpredictable people, people that I haven't always been able to please. But little by little, something's been changing, and that something is someone, me. After years of struggling under the weight of living to please others, I was exhausted and desperate to develop my own unshakable confidence. Mm. I know, it sounds grandiose, unshakable confidence, but I'm learning that not only is it not impossible, I'm convinced that it's exactly what God has for us. So I've been reading God's word for years, and I believe that this Christ confidence is the type of confidence that God wants for me and God wants for you too. I think sometimes confidence gets a bad rap because we're uncertain of its true meaning, especially when it comes to Christian women. I mean, isn't it closely related to pride or arrogance? Mm -hmm. Actually, confidence means full trust, belief in the powers, trustworthiness, or reliability of a person or thing. For you and I who believe in and follow Christ, this confidence is built on believing in the powers, trustworthiness, and reliability of the Trinity, God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. When my confidence is in me, it changes, fluctuates, is shaken. Just watch what happens when someone comes at me or I feel rejected. But what happens when we invite the Holy Spirit into our every day What changes will we see in ourselves as we read his word and we believe what God says over what someone else says, including ourselves? That's what I've been doing to develop this assurance that I have been desperate for, reading stories of women in the Bible, especially some really obscure women who haven't gotten a lot of face time. Women like the daughters of Zelophehad, Abigail, Deborah, Rahab, the daughters of Shalom, and Shira all display this type of confidence, the type of confidence that is exactly what you and I need to overcome the fears and the failures of our lives. Mm. I've been particularly drawn to two women in the book of Exodus named Shipra and Pua. Their story begins in Exodus 1. A paranoid pharaoh fears the sons of Israel who has settled into Egypt. Their number has grown so great. Would they revolt and take over his country? He has to stop them. So he summons the Hebrew midwives, commanding that these two women kill Hebrew male babies as they're born. If these two wrestled with people-pleasing like I have, this is the perfect combination for intimidation. Mm -hmm. Someone in authority that I want to impress, giving me a direction I shouldn't keep. 
Yet these ladies, well, let me read it to you straight from God's word in Exodus one seventeen. The midwives, however, feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. This is unshakable confidence. Under pressure to perform, to conform to demands placed on them, they don't. They did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. I want to be like Shipra and Pua, Mm -hmm. able to keep going forward no matter what comes my way. When I read the Bible, I often ask questions. Where did a power so brave and so bold and to me absolutely beautiful come from? And how can you and I get it? Well, the answer is right there in the verse we read. The midwives feared God. But wait, what about all those verses in the Bible that tell us do not fear? This is one of those times when it's really helpful to dig into the meaning of the original language of a word used in the Bible. This fear in the original language is ear. It has two meanings, and one of them applies here, a very positive feeling of awe or reverence for God. Although Shifra and Pua didn't have God's word available to them like we do, they got it. They rightly feared God. And this fear of God more than fear of people is what gave them the power to push back on adversity when it came at their confidence. These gals had two really important pieces in place. One was what they did have, fear of God, a respect, reverence, and awe of God's greatness. The other is what they didn't have fear of people. They proved this when they chose to disobey Pharaoh in order to obey God. They also proved that they didn't fear the people in their community. There had to have been those who were angry with the women, seeing their actions as putting them in danger. I mean, Pharaoh had already taken out on the Israelites by doubling their work, making it worse than ever before. Pharaoh expected their obedience. But instead, with Shifra and Pua's obedience to God, the Hebrews' prosperity didn't stop like Pharaoh expected. You know Pharaoh probably took out his anger on God's people. Bottom line, Shifra and Pua would not be people pleasers. They were God pleasers. I tried to think of a time when people pleasing wasn't a struggle for me. As a young woman, it was paralyzing, causing me to be unable to make simple choices. I thought I had this problem out of sight, hidden from people, until the counselor I was seeing called it right out. At the end of our session, she handed me some papers with the title across the top, Fear of God, and gave me the instructions, read this. Fear of God. It can sound a bit creepy, can it? I mean, isn't God love? Doesn't a girl go to counseling because she needs to know that she's accepted, adored, and all those very real needs in our lives? Yes, I did need that too. But understanding the fear of God was where my counselor thought we needed to start. Apparently, in order to become healthy in the way I interacted with others, I had to get healthy in how I saw God. And she explained that I craved the approval of people more than I craved pleasing God. And until that was reversed, I would never be set free from people pleasing or my wavering confidence. Learning to correctly fear God involved me learning more about him, discovering who he is and who I am in light of his greatness. It's taking me a really long time. My progress has been slower than it could have been, but I'm still in process. And yes, there have been times when I've allowed others to control my confidence. 
But as I'm growing, there are more times when I'm standing on Christ's confidence rather than giving in to living for the approval of people. I remember one night that was really pivotal for me. Many of the parents of my kids' friends were friends with each other, and I could see that was a good thing. So Greg and I invited one of the couples over for dinner. Man, can I tell you, I was sweating it. I don't usually have people over that I feel a need to impress. I'm a really casual gal. And I can't remember what I made or what we ate on that night, but what I remember is the way I felt. There was a jab about the scripture on our wall, the poke about how we spent our weekends. Nope, that night we didn't make the cut. Talk about a confidence crusher. Mm -hmm. Yet when the couple walked out the door, my heart was at peace. I had wanted to be a part of the popular group at my kids' school, but there was a bigger part of me, a growing part of me, that wanted to honor the Lord more. And it appeared in this situation, I couldn't do both. It's in situations like these that we can let the fear of people become more important than our fear of God. What will they think of me? How will they treat my kids? Will we be known as that family? Mm. The answer often is yes. But isn't different what we're supposed to be when we care more about God's opinion of us than other people's opinion of us? Whether it comes to the way that we love all people everywhere or in the words we use, the places we'll go, the things we do, we belong to Jesus. First Peter 2.9 puts it this way, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. The King James Version calls it a peculiar people. This very way that we're different, that we're more concerned about honoring God than making people happy, well, it not only makes us different, but it brightly shines God's greatness to those around us. With the power of the Holy Spirit living out of us, we can display the love and compassion of God with the confidence of God. Even though I was growing to fear God and to desire to please him more than pleasing people, I remember that aching feeling of wanting to fit in with the cool moms. They got coffee and lunch together. They volunteered together on all the projects. I never did make it in. Honestly, grown-up politics are not all that different from grade school politics, I discovered. (laughs) There are those who are in and there are those who are out. But knowing that God loves me, approves of me, and is for me gave me the confidence I needed to keep moving forward in what he has for me and to finally be okay with not making it in. Hanging in our kitchen, I have one of those large farmhouse-style signs with a portion of Joshua twenty four fifteen written on it. Even though nowadays it's only Greg and I, it's a reminder that I need for the two of us. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. I have it where I can see it often because it's a reminder to me that serving the Lord and scoring points with people, sometimes they just don't go together. And when they don't, with the help and the power of the Holy Spirit, I can determine to choose God. Mm -hmm. This is how confidence, unshakable confidence is built. Unshakable confidence is built on our unshakable God. It's a confidence that's built as we choose to fear God or care more about God's opinion of us more than we fear people and their opinion of us. All people, whether they are not followers of Christ or they are. So how do we get rid of living for the approval of people? How do we move from caring about what others think of us to knowing what God says of us? 
Proverbs 2, 1 through 5 gives us some advice. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. Indeed, if you call out for insight and you cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and you search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So first, we have to want to fear God and be rid of living for the applause and the approval of people. We have to want a right standing with God more than we want anything else. Nothing can entice us to turn from him because our reverence and our awe for him is everything to us. Verses 6 through 8 go on to say, For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright. He's a shield to those who walk as blameless, for he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. That's what I want. I want what the fear of the Lord gives, wisdom, knowledge, understanding. When we choose catering to people, fearing people, We absolutely never know what we'll get. We can turn a blind eye to the rules, even break the law for our boss, but that won't keep him from letting us go. We can go out with the neighborhood gals and act in a way that we're not proud of, trying so hard to be one of them, but chances are they'll still talk about us the next day. We can buy the clothes, get the car, move into the house, but it doesn't mean we'll fit in, and we can do everything we know to do and still get blasted in the parking lot. Or we can forego all of that and make our move. We can make our move toward God, be intentional to live out his two commands, love God and love people. We can move toward living in awe and respect of the one who will lead us toward himself, which is the way to becoming the best version of ourselves, reaching the potential of the woman he's made us to be. It's simple, but far from easy. And that pretty much sums up what I've discovered about God. His life, his way has and always will be my best choice. And that choice is simple, honor and fear him with my life. But it's far from easy. What is easy is doing what I think other people want me to do because I fear their rejection. The results, though, usually leave me miserable. As soon as I take a step back and I see the wrong move I've made, I feel regret. But as I'm choosing to follow Jesus and honor him, even when it has been so difficult, I'm building a confidence that doesn't slip away whenever someone disagrees with me or I feel I will disappoint someone. Because Shipra and Pua feared God more than they feared a man, the women made the choices that were best for God, for themselves, for their community. They made their decision not living in the moment, but living in light of eternity. We don't usually think of eternity, right? I mean, we're more concerned about what's going on on Friday night than about forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, FOMO can drive our next decision, fear of what people will think if, go ahead and fill in your own blank. This is exactly when fear of people drives our actions because the fear of rejection is more important to us than the fear of God's rejection of our actions. Mm. When we fear God, we not only acknowledge that he's our creator, we acknowledge that he has the right to be our Lord. Our actions are based on our reverence for him. Because we fear God, we keep his commands and we serve him. As Deuteronomy ten twelve says, and now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Mm-hmm. 
When we fear God, we line up our lives with God's word, not with what we think will make people happy. That's exactly what Shifra and Pua did. They lined up their lives with honoring God. For Shifra and Pua and the entire community, the results are told in Exodus 2, 20 through 21, as God fulfilled their desires. So God was kind to the midwives, and the people increased and became even more numerous. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. Fearing God more than fearing people, it's how we build unshakable confidence because it's not based on what is shakable, ourselves or other people. It's not based on something we can lose or have taken from us, and it is not easy. But I believe that you, like me, want the blessing of honoring God more than anything else, Mm -hmm. and you want the confidence that comes with it. Most importantly, though, when we choose to honor God first and foremost, he doesn't leave us alone and without. He provides for us with relationships and community even better and more fulfilling than what we've been left out of. That blow up in the parking lot, I knew I could stop no matter where I was and no matter who was watching and remember if even for a brief moment who I truly was and who God says I am. With his help, I was able to walk back into the party and carry on a conversation, something I could have never done years ago. It's not that the words didn't hurt. No, my heart was deeply hurt. But even as the words had been hurled at me faster than I could respond, they didn't strip away my worth. No matter what rejections come our way through the power of the Holy Spirit living in us and the confidence that comes from who he is in us, we can keep going forward and fulfilling what God has for us. That mess didn't go away fast or easy. It took time for some hard conversations and boundary creating. The thing I was able to take away was what was not taken away. When a confidence is built on Christ, it's a confidence that stands. Wow, Lynn. That was so good. I feel like I'm very convicted in certain ways right now. I don't know if Please you do are. Tell, but here Kaylee. we go. Here we Dive go. Dive right in. Well, I don't know. Whenever I hear this, I automatically just think like, okay, in my season of life, what, you know, where is the Lord challenging me? And something consistent has always been control for me, which mm-hmm. I think is like a, a fear of God thing. Yeah. Lynn, raise her hand for those of you who are listening <laughs> since you can't see this. Thank you for being honest. Yeah. But um, I just was thinking through like all the times where I want control and control isn't being confident. It's actually like rooted out of insecurity. And I feel like we want control because we want to know the outcome. Right. I don't like being surprised. I mean, if you want to throw me a surprise party, that's fine. (laughs) But like, I don't, I don't like the thought of living open handed Mm -hmm. and just being like, okay, here you go. Like it's up to you, God, I'm going to trust you with this. It's so much easier said than it, is to actually live and it's fearing God in the wrong way, not the right way. Like I'm, are you sure? Because I think that I can make a better decision about this Mm -hmm. than you could. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, like those Egyptian ladies, like, well, can't we hide the kids ourselves or can't we do this? Or like they could have done something different, but they chose to live out of obedience in that way. Yeah. And I just always think about this, this verse that my dad taught me whenever I was really young. And it's one of the ways that God speaks to me whenever I'm about to make a decision or if I'm in a tough spot, it pops up somewhere and it's Proverbs three, five and six. And it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding and all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. And I've always read that verse 
and memorized it and kind of held to it as like a, a trust verse. But trust is so hard. And oh I don't, goodness. you don't yeah. really learn that until you get older, you know. And so yeah. it was this verse that I read as a kid and then now I'm having to live in it. But one of the things that I was thinking about, and I don't know, Joel Munamole, our theology director, can probably listen to this later and tell me if this is right. But one of the takeaways that I like get from the last one in verse six, it's all your, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. It doesn't mean that I've got to acknowledge him and hear which way I'm supposed to go. It means I acknowledge him as I'm walking yeah. and he will make straight my paths. And so it means I'm giving him the control, but I'm still acting in obedience yeah. instead of having everything figured out mm-hmm. before I do what he's called me to do. So good, Kaylee. It's good. And that's a, it's a confidence issue. Yeah. Are you having confidence in you? Or, or you have a confidence yeah. in the Lord. Um, you know, Lynn, I was thinking as you were teaching, I think um, people-pleasing is such a trap, mm-hmm. you know, and one that I just feel like Satan loves to suck us down into. And it's a, I, I come from a different vantage point. I'm an Enneagram 8. Mm-hmm. So I don't really struggle with people-pleasing, but you know what I, just, I struggle with is that I have so much confidence in my abilities. Mm-hmm. And so what that does, so I wanted to ask you, what would you say to someone? Because for me, that means that I have pressure on me all the time because it comes down to me at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you know? So what advice would you give to someone who is struggling with their confidence, who maybe isn't stuck in the people pleasing cycle, but is stuck in the cycle of, I got to keep it all together. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, mm-hmm. this is, all, it all comes down to me. What would you tell them? Well, one of the things as I've been studying confidence is that, you know, sometimes we think confidence is something you're born with. Like right. somebody sees someone like you, Meredith, and they're like, oh, if I could just be confident like Meredith, because they think it's something you're just born with it, right? It's all a facade, people. <laughs> but, but what I see in, um, in, you know, since we're women, we'll be talking about women. What, yeah. when I, what I see sometimes in what I perceive as being a confident woman is, it, is that confidence is built on someone. Say she's got a great marriage or she has, you know, some kind of relationship or she's a part of a group that's working for her or it's built on some place. You know, she has a great job or she lives in a certain part of the city or it's built on something like her education. Yeah. But but as I think about life and what life does to us, those are all things we can lose. We can lose someone, something or someplace overnight. And if our confidence is built on someone, someplace or something, then when we lose that thing, we lose our confidence. But when our confidence is built on Christ, he's the only thing that can't be taken from us or the only thing we can't lose. Wow, that's so good, Lynn. I think for me, a lot of my confidence has been built on my abilities. Mm -hmm. Like I'm a very, I'm a capable person. Mm -hmm. I can get some stuff done, y'all. Yeah. But... I've, as I've gotten older, I just turned 38. I'm squeaking, squeaking in on that 40, y'all. I'm coming for. Um, but I recognize, because in your 20s, for myself, I was, in, I was a little insecure and worried about my abilities, but kind of proving myself, like, you know, trying to prove that I can do this, I can do this. And then mm-hmm. I got a little bit of confidence because I'm like, shoot, look at me. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. <laughs> but there was always this little sneaky suspicion in the back of my head that, it could all fall apart at any mm-hmm. minute, Meredith, yeah. because you're not as good as you think you are. Yeah. And I've, I'm finding, I have not mastered this, but I'm finding as I'm getting older, resting in that, because it, it's true. 
I can't do it all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't. I really can't. And I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And living, letting that sneaky suspicion that you can't do it all, you can't do it all, admitting it and mm-hmm. saying, but the Lord, this is the Lord's, this, my life is his anyway, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? And so I don't have to hold it all together. And yeah. my confidence is not going to come from my ability to do it all. Mm-hmm. It's going to come from him in me. Right. Yeah. You know, so good, such yeah. good stuff. Yeah. I, I love this conversation. I also just want to pause for a second. Yes. And can we can we do a shout out to our girl Pua? I mean, <laughs> she had to be confident with that name. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> when you said that, I have never noticed that girl's name a day in my life. But Poor when, child. I mean, come on. <laughs> Give the girl a break. Oh, my gosh. Gracious. Thank you. Thank you for making our transitions always so entertaining, you know, Meredith. You never know what you're going to get. I hope me. you never lose that part of yourself. <laughs> um, Lynn, whenever we were talking about the podcast beforehand, you said you had a couple of questions that you wanted to give our listeners to think through. Yes. Yeah. So this week, um, watch your thoughts. Pay close attention to your actions and ask yourself as you're paying attention to your thoughts and what you're doing, what is motivating me to do what I'm about to do? Ooh, is it good. because I fear people or is it definitely because I fear God? Mm. Ooh, that Great challenge. Great challenge, folks. I hope you write yes. that question down. Yes. Put it on your mirror somewhere in your car. Ask yourself that. Throughout absolutely. The day. Absolutely. And we'll include those in the show notes as well. Um, so as we're wrapping up here, Lynn, I just want to thank you again for being on the show with us today. Thoroughly enjoyed your teaching. Um, and I know firsthand you truly live this message because I've seen you go through it. I've seen you in the what short three or four years I've known you just live it out. And so I'm just so thankful for you. And I know on here we joke a lot that our podcast might be a, for a 20 year old or a 50 year old. But, you know, you guys, I'm always amazed at the reviews and emails we get from people letting us know how a specific episode spoke to them. So if the Lord is using these messages to challenge you or speak to you, please let us know by leaving a review on iTunes. We also wanted to take the time to connect you with Lynn and some of her fantastic resources. Um, First, Lynn doesn't know this. This is the first time she's going to hear this, but I recently recommended this to uh, her book, Brave Beauty, to the sweetest little tween I have ever met because she was just struggling through who she was and it made a tremendous difference in her life. I heard from her parents. They both texted me. Um, So if you have a tween, pick up that book. But also, every single one of us should be reading and studying Make Your Move because it's going to make a big Mm -hmm. difference in your life, in your confidence, in your relationship with the Lord. You can get that at Proverbs 31 Bookstore. That's P. 31bookstore.com and a portion of every single purchase made through that bookstore goes back to funding the incredible ministry of Proverbs 31 and this podcast right here. Yeah, absolutely. So I mentioned earlier that Lynn was an author and a speaker, so I wanted to let our listeners know that Proverbs 31 Ministries actually has a speaking team. Did you know that? What? I mean, you know that, I mean, but, I know, you know, but listeners. Yeah, yeah. So Lynn is on it, as well as other incredible gals like Crystal Evans Hurst, who we heard a few weeks ago, Lisa Allen, Whitney Caps, and so many more. They travel and speak at church or women's ministry events, and who knows, maybe you're planning an event and you need a speaker. So to find out more, just go to Proverbs31.org and click on training and events and then click on event speakers. All right. That's all about that's about all we have time for today. Thanks for joining us. We hope today's messages help you know the truth of God's word and live that truth out because when you do, it changes everything. Bye guys. Bye bye.